There are a bunch of big issues in AFL right now that need to be addressed. That's what today's edition of The Splash will do. Ben Cousins, Ross Lyon, Joel Wilkinson and Nick Natanui. It is Thursday the 10th of May. For your daily dose of sporting agenda, your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage, The Splash, with your host, Phil Pryor. And I'll be joined by AFL senior reporter for Fox Footy, Tom Morris, in just a second as well. Uh, welcome in to everyone out there listening. Uh, yeah, plenty going on in the AFL right now. That is for. Sure, concerns surrounding Ben Cousins once again. Hush money in the AFL on a number of fronts. Uh, and a head-scratching tribunal decision last night. Uh, maybe some agree with uh, what the AFL handed down. Uh, a one-match suspension to West Coast star Nick Nanui for that tackle on Port Adelaide's Carl Amon. But plenty disagree. Uh, so we'll be... Discussing all that as well. Let's get into it. Okay, joining me now is fearless uh, Melbourne reporter Tom Morris. How are we, sir? Fearless. That is so nice of you, Phil. Thank you. I'm going well <laughs> down here. How are you? How are you in Sydney? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm. Uh, I, I call you fearless. You, you chase all the all the big stories, and at the moment there seem to be no shortage of big hard. Stories. Uh, I'm happy to yes. sit here and, and and chat a bit about them. Um, yep. And and offer my two cents worth. But uh, you're out there. You're trying to dig up what's actually going on. Um, stories with a lot of, uh, I suppose, social issues tied to them. When you consider Joel Wilkinson, uh, Ross Lyon, um, you know, there's quite a lot going on at the moment. Ben Cousins as well. Uh, that covers pretty much all the sort of the major topics, uh, if you like. Where do you want to start? Ben Cousins. Yes. So the the 39-year-old has not reported for work at West Coast in in over a month. Um, So he... He, he uh, since early April, he basically, he hasn't shown up. This is following his 10-month jail sentence, uh, two and a half thousand dollar fine um and when did he get out he he re, he he got out of jail in in february i believe and part early, of the- early 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 january he was was released from jail and then okay. um part of his parole along with many other things was that he had to have a part-time job and he had that at west coast for three months yes before uh he didn't just not show up it was he decided along with the club that uh, he wouldn't proceed in that role now that is probably secondary to the fact that, uh, as a result of that, uh, quite a few people are a bit concerned with his welfare and, and, and health to, uh, after he did leave West Coast. So it's a real shame for him. It's a shame for his family. Look, we don't know what's going on. I don't think anyone knows what's going on. I think it's one of those situations where we fear for the worst, but we hope for the best. And that's exactly what I think most of Australia is, is considering at this point with Ben Cousins. But what we do know is he was at West Coast, he no longer is, and the club didn't announce it, that he was no longer there. It yeah. was up to us on foxsports.com.au to break that story. Uh, which just continues in this... Uh, all of these stories, 
it's it's about it's it's the the AFL in general or the clubs not being public and not being upfront about what's going on, and that's that becomes almost the uh, the biggest issue. Not to be insensitive to individuals, yeah. but that's that's what turns these stories into a lot more than what they they could be. Um, so Channel Nine, uh, they they found Ben Cousins as he was leaving his house yesterday. Um, do have you heard anything else um, since then? Where he might where he might be going? What's actually going on? No, no. So so my uh, sort of moral compass is pointed towards the football issue, and he was at the club and now not at the club, um, and that is all I really left there. I'm not gonna. I'm not really interested in chasing him myself sure, beyond that. I sure. would like to know what he's up to, but um, I'll leave it to the, sort of the Channel 9 news journos and, and all those people in Perth over there who are more interested from a news perspective. But yeah. I think there's a welfare issue at play here. And that, people of might course. think that sounds funny with me saying that because I'm the one who reported that he wasn't at West Coast, but that's a football thing. Um, he was helping the club and now he's no longer helping the club. And for some reason, the club didn't release that he had gone. And I... I tried to contact them for about six hours on what day of the week it was this Tuesday, the CEO, the two main media managers, and didn't get any response. And in the end, we went with the story. I thought it was bizarre because I thought it would, would have thought it is in their best interest at that point to come on the front foot and explain exactly what had happened. Yeah. They didn't do that. The story went out, and then they were made to look reactive. So I thought it was, a, on a side note, it's a slightly unusual bit of media management. What did West Coast do um, following all this? Oh, well, they were contacted for comment by an organisation over there in Perth. Um, and in the end, Trevor Nisbet ended up giving uh, gi- giving a statement and some balance around the story, which was that he spent his three months at West Coast. He decided he didn't want to continue and the club was comfortable with that. But, uh, you know, th- th- this this was made to look like they were reactionary and, and, and following the story that, re- that we broke. Yes. And, um, and, in, and in the end, that's all the Eagles did and then they left it alone. So... Look, we hope he's okay, uh, but I don't think anyone truly knows. And I've spoken to a number of people close to him who are equally as concerned as what we are from afar. Uh, I, I suppose moving forward, he, uh, he will have to face disciplinary action given that this is part of his parole, though. Uh, no, not necessarily because he spent his three months at the club, which is all he had to do right. a, a, according to Perth now. So that was it. But you'd imagine, and this is just purely speculating, if he had done a good job and if he was enjoying his role there and potentially there was room to move up, he wasn't in coaching, he was in community and game development, but if yeah. there was room to move up, he would have stayed on. So the fact that he's not there uh, and that was a regular place where he was going to do work is, is enough for concern in, in itself, let alone what his, what his friends are, are saying and thinking. Yeah, okay. Yeah, interesting. Um, let's jump over to uh, the other uh, Western Australian uh, Perth-based club Fremantle. Before we jump back to West Coast, because I want to ask you about Nick Nat as well, but Ross Lyon, um, he he has been caught up in a an issue the last, uh, I suppose, almost couple of weeks now. Um, it seems as though video footage has emerged of uh, of an incident, um, uh, sort of a, a social outing where. He made inappropriate comments uh, towards one of the female staffers there, who was told to, uh, who was uh, reportedly paid to to remain silent. Um, what can you tell us about where this story has uh, has has sort of moved to? 
Oh, well, there's rumours and, and innuendo and suggestions all over the place that Ross Lyon will call a press conference, that he will resign, um, that the woman might come out and speak, that the video footage will be leaked. Because remember, we only know that this video, well, we presume that this video footage exists because the Herald Sun reported that it does. No one's actually seen it. At yeah. least I haven't seen it, and it hasn't been released publicly. So we're only trusting what is being alleged by the news outlet. Where is it now? Um, well... There's been reports from over in WA that the board has met twice in nine days, which is highly unusual to consider the next step forward. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's been a report on SEN this morning by Jared Waitley that there was no work safe or work cover claim actually attached to this. And in fact, this was hush money to its absolute nth degree. Now, we don't know this again for sure. These are just reports. But it's all sort of coming together and it all paints a pretty ordinary picture for Ross Lyon, who we do believe is the man allegedly involved with this incident uh, that occurred a few years ago. So uh, we don't know where it's going to go from here, but... If, so so the, the, cl- the club last week, they said they were comfortable with how they dealt with this issue internally. The question, yes. the question that people were then asking was, well, if that's the case, why was this uh, woman... Uh, given money to remain silent, essentially, and maybe it's just for PR purposes. Do we know the answer to that question yet? No, we don't know the answer to that question, and we may never know the answer to that question. Look, I'm at a stage now, probably a week ago I thought differently, I'm at a stage now where I really think Ross Lyon needs to come out and speak, and speak candidly, because I think the... uh, uh, As far as I can see, I think the woman's confidentiality has been broken by sources close to her who have been speaking to the Herald Sun. Um, and in doing so, that, I mean, th- this is all just my opinion, this is speculation, but it's how I say it. In doing so, they the confidentiality, confidentiality clause has been breached. And if it's been breached, then Ross can come out and say whatever he likes to defend himself. And mm. if, if it is true that he did make an inappropriate comment, no one's going to hang him for making an inappropriate comment, I don't think. He's got a pretty clean record. Um, the problem is the hush money here that has allegedly yes. been paid because that makes it seem like it's a whole lot worse than what it is. So I'm ready for Ross Lyon to speak. Uh, I really think he needs to, and, st- and for now, to stop hiding behind this confidentiality clause that has been the, the cloud hanging over this entire story for a number of weeks now. Yeah. Uh, meantime, a former Gold Coast Suns player... Joel Wilkinson has come out. Um, he he's set to sue the AFL uh, for systemic racism, uh, racial vilification, and once again, someone who was told uh, to to remain silent on on things that have that have happened. Um, what can 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 you just kind of explain uh, what you know about this story first, Tommy? Yeah. So so Joel Wilkinson played twenty six games for the Gold Coast Suns. He alleges that he was uh, the victim of systemic, as you said, racism, a culture of silence. There was hush money. Um, And behind the scenes, racism that not only inhibited his ability to be comfortable in his workplace, but also gained further employment for the Gold Coast Suns or the AFL or anywhere else in the AFL industry. He also alleges via his lawyer, Mr. Barsby, um, that there there was sexual harassment um, based on racism in the change rooms, which is a serious claim to make because what it, what it really says is in the confines of a locker room, which is a really private place for footballers and football clubs, teammates 
were racially vilifying him and sexually racially vilifying him, whatever that means. I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a lawyer for these things. Okay, that, but, was, that was my next question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 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 as a result, he's he's gone to the AFL along with his representatives. They've tried to nut out, I presume, some sort of settlement or negotiation which would appease him. That hasn't happened, and now there's legal action at the Human Rights Commission, and the AFL and the Gold Coast Suns will be dragged through the mud. Again, now that might be rightful. He, he might actually have been racially abused. He may not have. But either way, this is a stain on our game um, and something Joel Wilkinson will have to endure himself um, for the duration of this, of this hearing, I guess. Yeah, and when you consider that the AFL, um, you know, supposed hush money involved here, Fremantle mm. tried to keep uh, their uh, female employee... Uh, silent in in a previous situation with Ross Lyon and and even West Coast didn't get on the front foot and and let everyone know that Ben Cousins had stopped working for them. There's a real issue in in the game that that I that uh, we would hope and assume that um, that CEO Gil McLaughlin will come out and address in the media in the next day or two. Do you know if that's going to happen at all? No, we don't know what Gil's going to say. If anything, I think. I think it's important to separate the Gold Coast situation because I don't think the Gold Coast Suns tried to hide anything. I just more think that they were that they were probably completely unaware of Joel Wilkinson's dissatisfaction with what he was allegedly having to endure. endure. Um, and now it's come out. Well, he's no longer at the club. So it's more of an AFL issue. Really. Well, that's There's plenty yeah, of people who were at the club what, then that are no longer the club now. Yeah, that's what I meant though. Like, yeah, this is something that the AFL itself has to answer for. Yeah, the AFL's got a lot of problems at the moment, and I think they're doing... Well, I think their intentions are good with some racial issues in the game. You know, we've got Indigenous round, and they're really trying to bring women into the game. The AFLW's been terrific, but there's still a hell, a hell of a lot of issues and societal issues that are reflected in the AFL that the league must combat and must do a greater job at appeasing. Otherwise, these things will continue to pop up and provide a a very unwelcome distraction for the actual football that's being played. And, yeah, as you mentioned, awful timing for Joel Wilkinson to come out on the eve of Indigenous round. I, I, yeah. Without going too much into it, was that sort of an intentional move? or? Uh... Oh, I doubt it. No, he's, he's Nigerian descent, so uh, he's, not even, he's not Indigenous himself. I don't think it's, it's based on any Aboriginal uh, motives. I think it's just more that they tried to get to the AFL. The AFL according to Wilkinson's camp, didn't come to the party, and now they've gone to the Human Rights Commission. I think the timing's... I I presume, without knowing, the timing is incidental. Yeah, okay. Tommy, uh, thank you for answering all those... uh, all the the hard questions. That's right. Um, Now, yeah, we're we're preparing for round eight this weekend. I've had a listen to to the Fox Footy podcast. Uh, You're a co-host on that, of course, with Benny Waterworth and Max Lawton down there doing a fantastic job. Um, Thank you. And the the Tom Morris tipping theory has got <laughs> has got a lot of airtime. Too much airtime, if I'm being serious. Uh, yes. In, in the last way too much. In the last couple of weeks, and here I am about to give it a little bit more. But um, essentially, you have a theory that that the AFL is so close this year. Some of the teams are so close that what happens the previous week can have uh, enough of an impact on team and individuals' uh, motivation going into a, a game the following week that, that the previous results can have an impact on uh, future results. Can you explain it a little bit? Yeah, so my theory is, and I've, I've sort of uh, 
I've rehashed it a little bit this week. It's more of a guideline. If you're not sure who to pick, have a look at this theory, and I think you can back it. So if when two teams are playing against each other and one has lost badly the week before and one hasn't played that well and won or beat the team that is pretty ordinary the week before, then you can apply this theory. And the team that loses the week before, in my research, based on this year, will more often than not beat the team that won the week before. And that's because, as you said, the, the competition is so tight and there is an emotional spike after a loss and potentially some unnecessary cushioning after a win yeah. uh, that, that allows the team who has lost the week before to respond accordingly and beat the other team. There's numerous examples of this. I mean, it happened two weeks in a row when uh, Collingwood defeated Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval on a Friday night. The next week, Adelaide defeated Sydney at the SCG. The week after that, Sydney defeated Geelong in Geelong. All three were upsets, all three after losses. There's more examples as well I can go through, but I won't yeah. bore you. Again, it's not a foolproof theory. It's a guideline that I'm happy to explain to anyone who wants to know, but it only applies because the AFL is so equal and you yeah. probably need to get into the emotional state of some of the teams and the players to be able to tip accordingly. As a, as a Swans fan myself, um, I, I haven't witnessed, you know, across a lot of my uh, sort of adult life, uh, the Swans losing two in a row for that mm. e- exact reason, which leads me to believe that maybe there, uh, there's a good way, uh, there's a good chance of applying that theory to uh, Friday <laughs> night's game down in, at the MCG against Hawthorne. Um, are there any sort of standout examples you reckon this weekend? Uh, this will have to look at the fixture this weekend, but the, the Sydney example. Uh, again applies because they lost to North Melbourne at the SCG. North Melbourne exactly. had, had gotten beaten by Port Adelaide the week before. Sydney having beaten Geelong the week before. Mm. And so Sydney's been involved in it three weeks out of the last four. I'm just having a, a look at this week's game. I think Hawthorne, Sydney's a really interesting one. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm tipping Hawthorne at the MCG. I really am. I think I think they're they're their best. See, it doesn't apply for games like Carlton Essendon because both teams lost the week before, so you both yeah, expect yeah. them to spike, and you just pick whoever you think is going to win. Yeah. So I'm tipping Essendon, but I'm not confident in that tip because I really don't back Essendon too much. I mean, maybe the GWS West Coast game as well, but you're talking about West Coast and Hawthorne, two sides that I would argue didn't necessarily have uh, sort of, you know, uh, disappointing wins, if you like, the week before mm. where they were sort of a little bit... Uh, where they were lucky or there was only a kick or two in it. Um, they played well yeah. the week before, so maybe not. What's your? Have you got a, a nice head-to-head bet for us this week, you reckon, mate? Uh, yes. I Well, I really like, and it, and it sounds ridiculous to say, I like the Gold Coast Suns over Melbourne. Okay. Um, wow, paying, th- the, paying 350 Up at the Gabba. I reckon the Suns haven't been bad. Uh, they've been around the mark, but they, I mean, everyone, they're three and four. Yes. And yeah, they're paying 350 with sports bet gamble responsibly, of course, Phil. And I, yeah. I just, I think they're worth a punt at the moment, the Suns. I just mm. don't trust the Demons 100%. Um, and I reckon, that, and, and that would that would apply to the theory. The Ds were solid, pretty good against St Kilda. Gold Coast lost last week, so it could be applied. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, you can get $3.50 on sports bet. Uh, for Gold Coast this weekend, um, and for those out there that that are thinking of having a a little flutter, uh, Sportsbet have a really early payout promotion going on <laughs> at the moment. Uh, if you place any head-to-head bet uh, on the AFL with Sportsbet before 4 p.m. Uh, this Friday. Uh, basically, Sportsbet are going to go onto their social pages, Facebook, uh, Twitter, 
and their app as well. And they're going to spin the wheel. And whichever out of the 18 clubs that wheel lands on, head-to-head bets will be paid out right then and there before wow. before Good a bounce deal. is even uh, before the ball is even bounced. So um, that's something f- f- uh, for your first five hundred dollars staked. Obviously, your c- conditions apply and gamble responsibly. But a real that's uh, a nice promotion. It's fun. It's fun. Well, that's the key, isn't it? Of course, and yeah. I think it's always important to uh, gamble responsibly as well, Phil. Of course, they they tend to get uh, gambling websites get very creative with uh, with their promotions, but I'll, I yeah, like this one promotion. because it's just it's just randomness. It's just it's a bit of Friday Arvo fun, so it's it's good. No, it's good, excellent. <laughs> uh, and Nick Nat Natanui obviously won't be lining up for West Coast this weekend uh, at Spotless Stadium Saturday Arvo against GWS because he was suspended one week. Uh, he went to, uh, there was a judiciary, uh, uh, what do you call it, a, a meeting yesterday where he uh, he took on the one-week uh, ban that was handed down, for it, uh, down to him for his tackle on Port Adelaide, uh, small Carl Amon. Carl Amon, um, yeah. And I say small because... This is an interesting one. It was a it was an aggressive tackle in the back of a player with the footy. He didn't have both of Carl Amon's arms pinned. Uh, it was paid in the back free, uh, and a lot of people in the AFL community feel like it should have ended there. Instead, because of the results of uh, the this the situation, I suppose where Carl Amon reported uh, concussion symptoms following the game. Nick Natanui gets whacked with a one-match ban because of the result. Yeah, he's gone for a week, so he won't play against the Giants this weekend. And he is very disappointed, and rightly so. I've got to say about this, though. I've got no issue if the AFL comes out and shows examples of tackles like this and says they're going to be punished before the season. But I was shocked when he was offered a week for it, mainly because it's not a sling tackle. So there's not two motions. Yeah. Um, and yes, he got done from the back, but it wasn't high. It was below the shoulders. It was above the knees, and the player had the ball. So, I mean, it's a big shift in the game. It's going to be very hard to adjudicate from here on in. Effectively, what the tribunal and what the MRO are saying is that if you hurt someone, i.e. if you knock someone out, then you're in trouble, even with a tackle. Now, I thought this applied for a bump, but now if you choose to tackle and the player gets knocked out, you are also in trouble. And it flies in the face of what happened with Ryan Burton and Sean Higgins, where he did choose to bump, yeah. and Sean Higgins did get knocked out. So I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm as confused as anyone. Um, and I don't mind if they want to make these laws, but it has to be clear and consistent from now on because I don't think it, this has been an overly transparent process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I, what, yeah, what, why this doesn't sit pretty is the fact that it was just it was just a tackle, and this is a big guy on a little guy. And I'm of the opinion that accidents happen in in footy. It's a contact sport, and it was an unfortunate outcome. Um, but I think we just as a as a game we have to accept that um, that some that we're not always going to have the perfect outcome in these situations, and we need to have a little bit of room for accidents to to actually occur and. And Nick Nat, um, he, he, you know, in those split-second moments, he doesn't have time to think about how big or small an, 
you know, an opponent is. It, it, is that where you sit on this one? Yeah, not only does he not have time, I don't think it's in his, I don't think it's his responsibility to do so. I don't care if Nick Nat's 150 kilos and the player is 50 kilos. They're all playing on the same field. Yes. And as long as the tackle is below the shoulders and above the knees, um, then it is not too high and he shouldn't be, and not too motions, then he shouldn't be penalised if the player gets knocked out. Unless it's a spear tackle. Well, that's completely different. Yeah. So this was not a spear tackle. Did Carl, um, he, did Carl Amon uh, come out and speak to media this week at all? No, he didn't. So he, what happened was he, he got tackled, he went off, he came back on for two or three minutes and then went off again. And yeah. then, he, then he was concussed yeah. and he's still in the mix to play this weekend. Not 100% sure if he will play or not. Or the club's not 100% sure if he will play. But Nick Nat had 0.8 of a second to make an assessment. But even if he had five seconds to make an assessment, Carl Amon was facing him with the ball. Carl Amon, is, Carl Amon then went to run away from him and Nick Nat knew he chased him. Now his yeah. tackle was flawed in a way because he, he got him in the back and that was the free kick. But it wasn't flawed in a way that should have cost him a week off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as someone that plays footy locally as well, I understand the the risk involved in in being on the field and uh, and the fact that you're going to play against bigger guys. Uh, and I know that feeling when you've got someone breathing down your neck from behind and and you grab the footy and you know you're about to get drilled into the ground. But that's just a risk that we uh, that 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 everyone that steps onto a footy field takes. And I think if if, if you ask Carl Amon about this one as well. He would happily come out and accept that uh, that that there are risks involved in playing footy with bigger bodies. Yep. No, he would say that for sure, and I think most people would agree with that. I think most football people would agree with that. It's, it's been divisive. Malcolm Blight and Kane Corns on one hand saying he deserved at least a week. Malcolm Blight thought it deserved three weeks, and Danny Frawley the same. And then on the other hand, you've got Nick Rewalt and Jonathan Brown and Matthew Richardson saying... This is ridiculous. It shouldn't have even been cited. So this is how divisive the issue's been in football circles this week. That's for for someone to come out and say that he deserves three week for that is purely headline grabbing. Like that is that's pretty ordinary if if I'm being honest. It was just a tackle, seriously. Yeah, it was just a difference of opinion. There's lots of that. I'm not gonna have a go at Malcolm Blight for that. He honestly believed that and good on him by just disagree with him there. Yeah, big time. Tommy, I'll uh I'll let you go. This has been fun, though. Um, plenty to chat about, obviously, in the AFL world right now. Yeah, no worries at all. Thanks very much for having me, You're going to go and... Uh, who are you chasing up now? Is it the, the AFL for a comment? Uh, There's a lot going on. We've got a fair on. bit on. Get, so, got a fair bit on. We'll, uh, we'll just see what, what takes place this afternoon. But you can tune to AFL tonight or foxsports.com.au and you'll get all the news. That sounds like a, a very good idea. Uh, Tom Morris, once again, thank you very much for joining us on today's edition of The Splash. Thanks, Phil. Tom Morris there, senior AFL reporter uh, for Fox Footy. Good follow on Twitter as well, at Tom Morris 32 um, And if you want to continue this conversation with myself on Twitter, at Phil underscore prior. Obviously, plenty uh, to chat and discuss Uh, Hit me up with all your super coach questions as well uh, if you feel like it. That'll do us on this edition of The Splash. That's a wrap.